Hello, all you beautiful people. What is going on? Welcome back to another episode of The Coaching Quest. Today on the show, I had the good fortune of inviting my close friend and business mentor, Ruben Driedger, onto the show to share some insights on how you yourself can grow and scale your online coaching business. Ruben's somebody who I look to with the utmost respect because he is the one who changed everything for me when it came to my online coaching business. Many of you have heard my story. I was just struggling, broke, and it was Ruben and Coaches Creating Impact that ultimately taught me the strategies that allowed me to grow my business to over six figures in my first year working with him. So the guy knows what he's talking about, okay? So I would highly suggest listen to everything he's saying, take good notes. It was a shorter episode, unfortunately, it was hard enough for us to coordinate our busy schedules. But what I'd love to do is just have him join join me on the show pretty regularly. We'll figure out a good schedule at least once a month where we can dive deep. And we talked a little bit about this at the end of the podcast, but we want to be able to dive deep. We don't want to go broad. We want to go deep on some of these concepts that are really going to help you take it to the next level in your business. We've already spoken about setting up another episode where we can just talk purely about hiring your first assistant. When you get to that point in your business where you need help, where you feel like you're overwhelmed and stressed with everything that that you have to do on a daily basis, how to effectively hire somebody to take over some of those roles, what roles you should have them take over, what that would look like, how to train them, everything that you need to know to hire an assistant or a virtual assistant. So look forward to that. I think that will be a cool episode and super curious to know if there's anything that you guys want to specifically hear more about. You're, you know, I'm always open to suggestions. If you just want to shoot me a message over on Instagram, I'm at Jake Cokerhands. But would love, would love your feedback on future episodes that I can do with Ruben because he is somebody who really walks the talk. Somebody who he himself, even at the point that he is now where he's built a seven-figure business, he still has a coach. He still invests in mentors, people who can identify blind spots for him and people who can teach him what things to look out for as he gets to these new levels in business because it's true what they say. There is a different devil at every level and if you're not continually growing and bettering yourself and improving your skill set, then eventually you yourself are going to become the bottleneck of the business. So it's so important for us to continually be learning. And that's one thing that I've always admired about Ruben is he never seems to stop looking for ways to better serve his clients, just better market, provide more value, all of this stuff. And it's just something that I resonate with so, so much. And it's it's really the reason why I bought into the vision of CCI and why I'm now working with them to help other coaches grow and scale their business because I truly believe in their mission to serve. And in fact, if you right now are looking for additional free resources that can help you take your business to the next level, then I want to invite you to join our free Online Coaches Uprising Facebook group. This is a a group that Ruben created a few years ago. There's over 3,000 members in there now. There's tons of free training videos. Ruben's doing weekly workshops. You have the opportunity to book free value calls with some of the coaches, including myself in there, so we can actually talk individually 
about some of the things that are holding you back in your business so you can gain clarity and really break through some of those plateaus you might be stuck at. Now, if you want to get into this group, all you have to do is click the link in the show notes. I'm going to make that available for you. Go request access. And the only thing that I ask is that when you do, just let them know that I sent you. Let, let them know that you heard about it through my podcast. And, and that's basically it. That's all, that's all I ask, people. But uh, I really think you're going to enjoy what you find in there. If you just go into the announcement section, I mean, there's, there's so many amazing trainings and webinars, everything for free. And you also have the ability to, to network and collab with other like-minded coaches in the space. It's a good way to, to get your name out there, build your brand, bounce ideas off each other, share scripts and contracts and, and other things that uh, as, a, as a beginning coach can be kind of overwhelming. So it helps to have a community of people who are all on this journey together and helping to uplift one another. So once again, this group is called Online Coaches Uprising. Definitely go check it out. But uh, yeah, that's basically it. So other than that, here I am talking to my good friend, Ruben Driedger. Ruben, what's going on, man? Excited to have you on the podcast. I know we've been trying to 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 get this uh, coordinated over the past few weeks. We've both been pretty busy, but uh, excited to finally have you on here and, and deliver some value to all the listeners. Yeah, I'm really excited. I say this actually at the beginning of every podcast, so if people listen to this and they're like, oh, he probably says this every time, I do, which is this is my favorite thing to do. And I'm not just saying that because it's a good thing to say. Like, I actually just love freaking just having this conversation. So I'm excited. I agree, man. I think podcasting, is it, it's got to be one of my favorite platforms just because there's so much knowledge and information that can be shared. And that's exactly why I'm so excited to have you on specifically because obviously this is a, this is a podcast for online coaches who really want to grow and scale their their business, you know, whether wherever they're starting from. Maybe they're somebody who's at the ground level. So it's, it's just at this moment, kind of like a wish or an aspiration for them because they see other coaches out there who are living kind of almost this, this laptop lifestyle. It's not to say that you don't have to put in work, but the, the freedom both financially and both for your, for your own time is, is pretty incredible in this type of business. So there's a lot of people who are obviously attracted to that people who are maybe in the trenches right now, currently struggling to figure out how to generate more clients and you being the person who I owe a lot of uh, a, a lot of credit to for helping me to get to where I am you were the one who really put me on my path of of growing my business to over six figures and where it is now and and so I'm I mean I'm super grateful for everything that you've done and, and the knowledge that you've been able to share for me. And I just felt like it'd be a perfect opportunity to get you on here and share some golden nuggets to everybody else yeah. who's listening. So maybe you could start by just giving us a little bit of context of who you are, where you started from and what you do now. And then we can dive right into the, into the meat. Yeah. Let me give the cliff notes. So grew up in a super small town, rural in the country. The nearest home to us was a mile away, like super country boy. Like, like literally every neighbor was a farmer. We like, they farm chicken, land, whatever it was. So that's how I grew up. I grew up completely opposed to social media. 
I actually was a part of a, <laughs> a little a little group that was like anti-Facebook forever friends or whatever. <laughs> uh, no joke. Now I make hundreds of thousands of dollars off of Facebook. <laughs> so, anyway, so things change. People evolve. So anyways, never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. I actually thought I was going to be a pastor. Um, my older brother is actually a pastor. So I went to Bible school and music school. I played professionally a little bit. I got my degree to be a pastor, etc. Um, and then like I got married and honestly the pastor thing just wasn't feeling like a good fit and I was feeling a bit lost to be completely honest now like so grateful for my wife Terry she's actually grew up in an entrepreneurial household always was wanting to build her own businesses so while I was slaving away at that time basically laying bricks for a living like I was carrying around bricks and sand all day um, she started like health coaching people online and I was just like, ah, this is going to be like a little thing. She makes like 50 bucks a week, my guess was. So she started to bring in more money than me. And I was working like 60, 70 hours a week, like break, like, like it was backbreaking work. And so all of a sudden I was like, I got, I caught the jealousy little uh, train a little bit. Cause I was like, she's working half the hours as me making more money than me. What is this entrepreneurial thing? Right. And so I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to join her. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to try to build like a business, be an entrepreneur. And oh, I sucked like so, so, so bad. Actually, and Terry only told me this a years after this, but when I used to have sales calls at the beginning, she would actually leave the house because she just couldn't handle how bad I was. Oh no. <laughs> no, like legitimately she would like leave the house. She'd be like, I'm going for a walk. Um, because she's like, I just couldn't listen to you. Like I wanted to just like rip my hair out. You were so bad on sales calls. Um, and so no natural talent at all. So there's no like excuse, like talent of can't be. Anyways, I started and tried three businesses that I made a little bit of money with and failed. So actually I tried to build a bricklaying company at the, at the beginning. That was the first one I tried. I made 15 grand in a couple months, but then I ran out of jobs. And so I was like, oh, this isn't gonna work. Um, and so then I tried uh, affiliate marketing, like selling, uh, selling stuff uh, through Amazon, different things. I made a little bit of money, but it wasn't growing that fast. Then I tried network marketing. Again, made some decent money, um, like two, three K per month. But it really wasn't building as fast as I wanted it to, and it didn't kind of fit what I wanted to do. I, I love all ways of making money, don't get me wrong. Um, but that's when I found online fitness coaching. So I was, I had been like, I'm always have been an athlete. I was like the athlete of the year for our school, my senior year. So I always was really good at that kind of stuff, the gym and all the kind of stuff. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna help people in the gym. Like that's simple enough. Um, and so I started online fitness coaching and that's when Terry and I really started to grow some traction. That's where we started to, through different mentors that we hired, started to learn about organic social media marketing. We learned about getting your mindset in the right place, personal development, we grew our businesses to six figures and beyond. And all of a sudden I was like, oh wow, this actually works. Like this, this freaking works. Like, and it just, it doesn't just work for the people who are smart or ripped out of their mind. Like if people look at me, like I'm not like this jack dude. And so like, I'm like, okay, I don't have to have the jack body. I don't have to have like this, like genius IQ, like if I just put in the work and I'm like care for people and give value, you can build a good business. And so long story short, people started asking me, how did you build your business? So I started helping out some friends for free. They started making money online. I started charging a little bit, transitioned like part-time to business coaching, and then slowly transitioned full-time into now helping a bunch of different coaches build their businesses. And so now we've been doing that for a long time. 
we just hit the million dollar mark in our business as far as making a million dollars a year, which is crazy to think. Um, like honestly, it's, every day is still kind of pinch myself. Um, and I'm just excited about where we're going. So that's, I tried to keep that short. Hopefully that was short enough. <laughs> no, that was perfect, man. And that's so funny because I actually didn't know that part of your story is that it was your wife who had first gotten into coaching, which is what ultimately inspired you to go down that path. That's, that's so it's cool, all, man. It's all her. She's, she, she's like, she's like, I still like technically own like 95% of your business. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, totally. For sure. No, all the honesty credit goes towards her because without her, I, I probably wouldn't have been doing this or I wouldn't have kept doing it. She's been really like really instrumental in that. And I can't say that enough. I love that, man. That's it's so important to have people who are behind you and supporting you when you're working towards something like this, but that's amazing. And, and I really just wanted to, to, to dive into some things that I think will be most valuable to the listeners, because obviously it's when you hear, okay, of, of a coach who's achieved six figures or seven figure base business in your case, I think for somebody who's just starting, that can feel like a million years away. It just yeah. seems so unrealistic and unobtainable. But I, I guess, what would you say for a coach who is currently struggling based off of what you've seen in your experience? Yeah. What, what do you feel like most coaches are missing who yeah. can't seem to get those type of results in their business or any, any results that they really want. Like what's yeah. the missing piece that you find for a lot of people? You know, I'm going to start with the mindset as, as cliche and cheesy as that sounds, because the, the old saying of like most people like overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in like three to five years. It's so true because when I started as a coach, I thought, you know, what, I'm going to get to like 500 K my first year and I made 30 K my first year. And in, in my mind, when I, that happened, there was this massive gap of like expectations. I was just crushed. But what I didn't know was like now just five, actually just four and a half years into everything, we are doing a mo over a million a year, which is crazy actually. And so the biggest thing is having the right mindset um, because, and this is actually, we've talked with our, our team here at CCI and, and you've been there. We talked a lot about, okay, what, how many, how many, months or how long did it take everyone here to get to six figures or to 20k months and when people share their story we saw the average person took a year to two years to get to making the 100 to 200k per year and i think a lot of people the reason they don't consistently put the work in that they should or keep on learning like they should or keep on enjoying the process like they should is because their expectation management is really unaligned. And so I think people just basically is to have an mindset of like, even if this would take me five years to make a six figure business, is it still worth it? If the answer is yes, then don't quit. Right. If you're if, if the answer is no, it's not worth it, then then, yeah, maybe you should quit. Um, so that's the first thing I would start with is mindset, because strategy is is something that can be teached uh, or learned. I should I should say it can be learned. It can be implemented, all that kind of stuff. But if you don't if you're not the right person, um, you're going to quit too soon. You're going to be inconsistent with it. You're going to start blaming other people and you're not going to be taking responsibility. So start with the mindset. I know I'd love to dive into strategy as well, but like that's above anything is more important because my first year, I thought I was going to do way better. I did way worse, but now four and a half years in, I'm doing really good for just four and a half years. 
And so it, it's just it's just realizing, hey, it might take some time, but that's okay. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I got to echo what you said because f- from coaching and working with the the clients that I've had over this past year and, and speaking with a lot of coaches who are just getting started, I've found that, I mean, it, it truly does come down to the mindset and really just your own personal development, how you manage time, your beliefs around selling and what it means to you when you have those little day-to-day micro failures that are inevitable as an as an online coach is that anybody who's working for themselves or trying to build their own business you have to go into it with the mindset that I'm probably going to have a million micro failures but the reality is those are the things the yeah. the faster I can uncover those the faster I'm going to get to that level of proficiency that I need to be mm-hmm. in order for me to get six figure and beyond results. And I think the reason why it takes a lot of people so much longer is because they, they try to shy away and avoid these micro failures rather than embracing them. And so as a result, the actions that they take are just, just so slow, so incredibly slow. And instead of just putting things out there, like making content, getting on calls, starting conversations, they just wait and they dabble and they just try to learn everything and they just sit and just consume and consume, but they never do. And so, and so I just think it's, it all starts like your ability to, to take action towards these things is directly predicated on your ability to handle the, those micro failures and not internalize it and, and make it, and, and, and make it seem like you're some massive failure anytime something doesn't go your way. It's so funny because I'm sure there's a lot of fitness coaches listening to this. Um, and I'm going to relate this because I think it relates very well. A lot of people in business, when they feel resistance or pain, failure, um, oftentimes they shy away from those things. Imagine if you're trying to build an incredible physique and every time in the gym you feel a little bit of pain in your muscles, you stop. What's going to happen? you're not going to see progress. Why? Because the only way to progress is to push through the pain and to actually apply more pressure, actually. And it's really funny, and we talk about consistency all the time, and we've both probably seen people in the gym who uh, they'll work out like so hardcore like once a week or maybe twice a week, uh, but then they'll take that week off and then they'll try that again, and they're wondering why, and then there's like the people that are on the intensity train, just up and down, up and down. And the key, I think like the, the, the best way of looking at it is like, if you can consistently fail, you'll consistently learn, right? And this is so important because the principle that I always live my life by is what we call be, do, have. So be the right person, then you're gonna be able to do the right things, and then you're gonna be able to have the life you want. So if you want a six-figure business, you need to become the person who can actually handle that mentally, analytically, emotionally, from like a money perspective, like become that person, then the actions, they're laid out for you. I mean, it's very easy for you and me, Jake, to create a roadmap for someone as far as action steps. Um, so, but the, the biggest part is in the being, because that's where most people just, they, they don't want to think about it. Cause we have, as humans, we have so much shit that we kind of have in our lives and we kind of just want to shy away from it. Right. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. I it, it's so it's so incredibly important. I think for any any coaches, just at any point in your journey, be, to 
to consistently be leveling up your own skill set, seeking out mentors. And I mean, even you yourself, like somebody who's, who's cleared the seven figure mark in their business, you're still working with a coach. Like there's still things that you reach up to, to get support on, to learn more because otherwise as soon as you stop growing, I mean, you're, you're literally the lifeline of the business. As soon as your growth stops, then everything else starts to deteriorate as well. But obviously I know a lot of people listening, they say, well, it does help to have the right strategy because you know, you could have the best mindset, but if you're doing the wrong things, if you're taking the wrong actions every single day, then that also is going to be a recipe for disappointment and frustration. And so I'm curious, and obviously we we can get into the systems and stuff, but if we were to look at somebody's coaching business through the lens of that, the 80-20, the Pareto principle, right? What do you feel like is the 20% of actions that a coach would need to take in order to reap 80% of the results in their business? Like what, out of everything that coaches could be doing, because I think that's one of the things that that throws a lot of people off because as an entrepreneur you don't have a boss over your shoulder giving you a list of instructions of things that need to get done you're waking up every single day and you've got a laundry list full of activities and things that you could be doing that in a way might be making the business look more professional like you could there's so many different things but there's a lot of those things that are actually going to be driving results in the business so i'm curious to hear where your 80-20 split falls in. What are the 20% yeah. of income-producing activities, and what's the 80% that a lot of people dabble in that's not really going to make that big of a difference in their yeah. business? So I break the 80-20 into two things. I call them necessities and optimizations. The 20% is the necessity, the things that actually move the needle. The 80% are optimizations that will make the needle moving a little bit better, but they're not the needle moving thing themselves. Um, so let me let me talk, let, I'll, I'll explain what these could look like. So an optimization could be something as improving your copy, like being better at telling stories in your copy. That's an optimization. A website is an optimization. It provides a little bit more professionalism to what you're doing, but it's not a necessity. A necessity is, let's for high ticket coaching, is a sales call. That's a necessity. Working on your sales calls and improving your skills and optimization, but just freaking having the call is a necessity, right? So when I think about, okay, what is the 20% that's gonna be actually driving the needle? It's, it's basically the loop method for, for lack of a better way of saying it. And I'll explain it to people that maybe don't know what that means, which is basically every single day you need new targeted audience into your audience. So new people coming into your audience that are your ideal clients. So that's one lever. The second lever is generating these new audience members into leads by providing value. That's basically, I'm going to say it this way. Maybe I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make this as clear as possible. The necessities are things that actually move your clients along the client buying journey. The 80% is the optimizations that might increase the flow a little bit, right? So basically the flow is the necessity. So new people into your audience, turning those cold leads warm, warming up those leads, turning them hot through nurturing and really like hands-on one-to-one personalization and then selling to them. That's the real stuff that actually moves your business forward as far as client acquisition. 
the 80% is just simply optimization. So um, every step of the process, as far as like building your target audience, yeah, you could do maybe a little bit better by maybe it's a software or by boosting stuff or by having a prettier logo or your bio is a little bit more clear that can optimize your follow back ratio, let's say, right? That's an optimization but it's not the necessity part of it. And so usually we at CCI, we always do necessity first. Let's make sure the flow is there. And then once we have data on the flow of like, this is what's happening with the numbers, we can then optimize at that point. But optimizations is useless to learn without necessity. So hopefully that makes sense. No, that makes that makes absolute perfect sense. And that's, that's what I kind of wanted to, to jump into and you, you dove into it a little bit, which is actually the client journey, right? Because a lot of yeah. coaches are like, how do I take somebody who I has no idea who I am and how do I get them warmed up enough to me as a coach to where they trust me enough to, to hire me, a total stranger on the internet, and actually help mm -hmm. them with their transformation? And this is just yeah. something that you kind of explained and what we teach in CCI. It's, it's a process of one. And these are really, I mean, in my view, these are these skill sets that everybody has to learn if you want to be successful more than anything else. If you focus on uh, audience growth, if you focus on lead generation to like, yeah, how to deliver, over-deliver value to them to where they actually get warmed up to you. And maybe we can explain some different methods of, of how people are able to do that. And then uh, getting very good at the, the skill of being able to follow up and close sales calls, book and close calls. I mean, those that, for the most part, it, yeah. is pretty, pretty, pretty much it. You know, those are the things that are ultimately going to be driving results in your business. Yeah. And so... When it comes to actually warming them up, that middle step, that that taking cold traffic and mm -hmm. getting somebody to actually become a fan of who you are, getting them into your community, what recommendations do you have for people to be able to do that? Yeah, good question. And and this this is kind of my biggest quest on learning organic social media marketing was to figure out that middle spot. Because there was a lot of people teaching you how to like build a targeted audience, and there was a lot of people teaching how to sell. And like when I when I was being uh, when I was in the online fitness coaching space myself, everyone was teaching that go go here. This is how you find your ideal clients. This is how you get them in your audience. And then everyone was teaching when you get them on a sales call. This is how you sell to them. This is how you frame things, pre-frame, whatever, handle objections. But no one was like, how do you warm them up? And so I, I started studying a couple different people. I started studying people like Gary Vaynerchuk. I saw you made a post about his jab, 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 right cook the other day. Um, I started studying Brendan Bouchard, who is always like opt-in, value, 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 offer. And I started to realize the best people in the industry used value creation to warm up their ideal clients and to get to know them better. And so I was like, hey, incredible. This value thing really works. And then I, I heard these different laws, like the law of reciprocation, the more you give out into the world, the more it comes back. I started to hear all this and I was like, hey, I'm gonna build a business based off of, and we always do like heart-centered and business savvy. That's kind of like our motto, is how can I in a heart-centered way provide value? So that middle section, the best way of describing what you're doing is you're providing free tangible value to your prospects that gets them to basically say, wow, 
thank you so much. That's incredibly helpful because when you can do that, your prospects feels cared for. They feel like you know how to help them and understand them. And now they trust you because you've given them something. I use a bad analogy often, which is like if you meet a stray dog, like if you just try to go after it and pet it, it's probably going to go back. But if you have like a treat and you throw it their way, they're going to come closer to you. It isn't bad analogy. Don't, 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 don't go too far in depth on that. But it's, it's true. Like if you throw value to someone and it's the right kind of treat and it smells good, it tastes good, they're excited, they love it, they feel good about eating it, whatever it is. They're going to come closer to you, right? It's, it's, we always say they're going to take baby steps towards you first and then bigger steps as they get to know you. So that middle part, all it is is how can I provide the best value out there um, in a personalized fashion? And there's a couple of different criteria, but that's kind of how we solved it through value creation. Right. And it's like, I mean, there's so many of those little one-liners. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Seek, yeah. seek to understand, then to be understood. And it all comes down mm-hmm. to genuinely coming from a place of service. It's one of the things that I just it, – it really got me bought into CCI and, and the way that you go about business and everything because it's so much aligned with how I've always been, which is like – don't hold anything back. Just give yeah. free value. It will always come back in return. And I just feel that for any any coach out there, and I mean, I, I think that's probably at the end of the day, what if you center all of your content around that, whether you're creating a valuable resource for them or you have a, a Facebook community, any posts that you do, even honestly, even when you're pitching your program or anything, if yeah. you can just learn to always answer the question like what's in it for the person listening and and make sure that you are able to answer that question every single time you do a piece of content is like why should that person care why should my ideal client care about this about this bit of information that i've shared and i think when you're able to to do so you're going to find that your ability to build trust within your community drastically increases now I, yeah. I did have a I did I did have a quick question that's um, been coming up a lot amongst coaches who have their business. It's it's fairly established at this point. Maybe they're not where they want to be, but what they're finding right now is that as they're gaining more clients, so they're a little bit more busy on a day to day basis with doing client calls. Like their schedule is filling up, so they're seeing some amount of success. But their fear is that because they're getting more busy, it's then taking time away from a lot of the front-end activities, like the the things at the beginning of this client journey that ultimately allowed them to get these clients in the first place. So doing audience growth, reaching out to people, interacting, doing follow-ups, all of that stuff, like the messaging process. and. A lot of them, I think, get overwhelmed when they get to a certain point in their business because as a solopreneur, it can yeah. like it can be overwhelming to try to fill every single role in your business. It can feel like you just have no life. You have no time to yourself. You're always just struggling to keep your head above water because there's so many messages coming in. It's hard to keep track. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about hiring assistants. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I have an assistant, you have an assistant, but is 
what is your thoughts about when the appropriate time would be for somebody to think about hiring help? Because I know in the past you've said, hey, maybe wait till you get to six figures before you expand. But I also have conversations with clients who feel that they are they are their own bottleneck because yeah. they're not able to keep up with the, the conversations and the follow-ups and all that stuff because now they're busy coaching their own clients and doing some of this stuff. So curious to know what your thoughts are about that. Uh, if you have any advice to anybody out there who might be in that same position? Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a great question. And we, we often see people at six figures needing to make that switch. Now that doesn't mean that's the rule. That's just, um, an average place where most people do. Some people, they only need to do that 15 K if it's higher ticket or if it's what some people have to do that six K per month. So the, the real rule behind it is basically when you have maxed out how much work you can do within the times that you've gotten slotted into the week. Don't like now work more because you have a bigger business. A lot of people make that mistake and then you become a slave to the business. No matter if you outsource stuff, you're still adding hours in. Um, so the biggest thing is so like, let's say you work 40 hours a week. When you're getting maxed out to the point of where you're like, I can't do more within those 40 hours a week. And if, when you hit that, and you have the cash flow that allows you to hire a virtual assistant. Those are basically the only two criteria you need to look at basically to be like, okay, now I do need to hire someone. So that's the only two things. When your time is getting limited and you have the cash flow and you know that if you're a higher virtual assistant, you could increase your cash flow. So basically you always want, I always talk about an assistant should basically be ROI positive in 30 days. So by the, by when you hire a virtual assistant in 30 days, the stuff they take off your plate should allow you to create X amount of extra income that they're already like, that's an investment into your virtual assistant. It's not an expense really. Um, so now the next thing is choosing what do I want my virtual assistant to do? And there's a lot of different things. I mean, um, we like to break it up into like, okay, they can do, they can be part of the different systems of your business. So we break it into like the loop method has like four systems, either like the building, the target audience, the generating of leads, the nurturing or the sales calls. You can hire someone for every one of those four systems or someone that does various amounts of them. You can also hire someone to do a lot of the manual work or the social media managing, right? So there's also that side of it, or even the legal side of it or the finance side. So there's basically what I would do is, and this is we, we kind of get our clients to do, we get them to do a time audit. Okay, where are you spending all your time right now? Okay, this is where I'm spending all my time. What tasks do you dislike the most? What do you want to do less of? Okay, let's hire someone to take those things off your plate. And so that's how I think about it. So first, you get to the place where the criteria is right. I need a virtual assistant or assistant of some sort. Then you break down, okay, this is what I do with my time. This is what I want to do less of and then hire accordingly. And so that's how I think through the process of hiring an assistant. Yeah, no, I love that because I mean, I think so much of so much of effectively running a business and avoiding that place of mental burnout that I think a lot of coaches experience is learning how to manage your energy in your state. And, and part of that comes with making sure that you don't feel so overwhelmed and bogged down by maybe things that are less enjoyable for you in the business so you can really focus on your area of genius and the things that are 
going to be moving the needle the most because there's a lot of things that need to get done. But yeah. I know, I mean, even like myself, for example, there's certain things that I did not enjoy doing in my business. As a right. result, I got to a point where that became less important for me because I had, I had referrals coming in. I was doing sales calls. I was coaching my clients. I was trying to deliver them great results. But then I realized, I'm like, man, if I'm turning off the faucet of what ultimately started to get this ball rolling in the first place and what was, what was getting new people in the door to see my content, what was actually taking them through that nurture process, then I might, business might be booming now, but at some point, those leads are, those leads are going to dry up. And you see this with a lot of coaches where they, they have great months, they have spikes and then dips and then spikes and dips. Cause they, it's like the leads dry up and they're like, Oh crap, I got to hustle. And then they go, 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 go. And then they get up to that point and then they coast and then it drops off. And it's, it's never consistent because they are not consistently nurturing each part of that process. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose, I guess, I guess to anybody out there listening, it's, it's, it's an option. I think you should probably decide what components of your business are the most time consuming or the least enjoyable, or maybe ones that you're not as good at. And if it's worthwhile to you, like you said, I mean, if, if you've got assistants who are helping to generate more clients that you maybe wouldn't have been able to otherwise, because now they're putting it in, putting in an extra 20 to 40 hours of, of, of work per month or however many hours you're having them work. Um, it it could definitely be something that could, could help propel the business forward. Exactly. And that's why, that's why we get our clients to track certain numbers every single week, because that's going to allow us to see if they are in that bad up and down cycle and how to fix it. So we fix it by looking at the numbers and coming up with ways to hit them consistently. And then when you hit that time limit and amount, instead of basically getting away from the numbers and doing less of them, we find a way to hit them without you having to do all the activity, right? And so that's, and that's why a lot of people are scared to track and they're scared of numbers because numbers show them what's actually going on in the business. And a lot of people like to like, kind of just like, oh no, that's not happening in my business. And they kind of like push it to the side, but that's why we do it is because you're going to now see what's going wrong and either you fix it or you keep on making the same mistake. And most people don't like being that kind of binary as far as like what's going to happen. And so that's why to track the numbers and yeah, virtual assistant great. There's so many places to find them too. Like there's websites where you can find them Upworks, You can find them on Fiverr. There's even some other virtual assistant websites. There's a lot of Facebook groups. You can just literally search for virtual assistant on LinkedIn or Instagram. You can find thousands of them. So like there's so many places to find them. Um, then just make sure you hire good ones, um, hire ones that you could see yourself working with for like five years plus, um, rather than just like a quick couple months, because you want to make hiring decisions for the long term. Because if you make short term hiring decisions, they actually cost your business a lot of time, training time, training money, etc. So make sure you find good hires. Yeah, this is great, man. I think this is actually a really important topic that I haven't spoken about. And I know we're crunch for time today, but honestly, maybe we'll have to have you back on. We can have a whole episode dedicated towards 
what things you should think about when hiring an assistant, how to figure out the numbers, how to make it make sense for you and your business, how to get them like a standard operating procedure created so they can have clear cut instructions. I think that'd be a really, really valuable episode. So we'll have to go ahead and do that. But um, before we wrap up, because I, I don't want to take any more of your time. I know you got an appointment coming up. I wanted to just see from your opinion, yeah. Maybe it's something that you're doing in your own personal life right now. I'm curious, what do, would you say is one habit that any coach listening right now could begin implementing either in their life as like just a, a daily habit or routine or one consistent habit in their business that would have the greatest carryover in terms of their ability to see success? Oh, that's a good question. Do you have a habit or a ritual for yourself that you feel like has been pretty monumental and just, you know, staying focused or, or energized or things, something that's just like made the biggest results in your business? Yeah. You know, lately there's, there's kind of been a new theme for me in the last couple of months, um, which, which I have found very helpful for not only my personal life, but also in business is just the thought of actually being present. Um, and this is gonna sound a bit odd, but bear with me a little bit. I've been thinking about this for all areas of my life, plus in my business, is that when I'm present in the situation where I'm at, I perform much better and I'm more, I, I'm more led from the heart. When I'm always thinking about the future and being like, I need to get to this place in business or I need to, whatever it is, go here or there, and like I need to do this in the future, I start to feel like fear and anxiety and pressure. And that often like really causes me to go into more of like a desperate mode in business of like, we need growth, we need growth, right? Um, and so, and the vice versa, if I always think about the past, I can be grateful for the past, but if I get so lost in the past, um, I'm not motivated. I'm not motivated by the past. I'm grateful for the past, but I'm not motivated by it. So I've started to realize, and people it's a it's another cliche people say be present but being present allows me to take the next step and the next step is the only step that will get you closer to your ultimate destination looking at your like when i'm climbing a mountain here if i only look at the peak and want to be at the peak i'm never going to get to the peak if i take the next step eventually i'll get to the peak and that's what i've found lately has been just so important and just being like okay no 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 Stop focusing on like vision is good. Don't get me wrong. I love vision. I love thinking about the future, but the next step is where it's at. And so that's been something that's helped me get clear on everything and be more present in my business in the areas that matter. So that's what I would say. I love that, man. I love that. I think that's so smart. I mean, pro setting process-based goals. I mean, obviously you want to have somewhere that you're ultimately trying to get to, but you really just got to, bring yourself back to the day to day, focus on the 24 hours in front of you and do what you need to do to get a little closer to that, to that long-term goal. And so, no, I think that's great advice, man, but thank you so much for coming on. I, I, I know this is probably really helpful for, for a lot of people out there. And I know there's so like, there's so much more that we could dive into. So maybe we can make this like a, a weekly or a monthly thing where we can get on here and really dive into some tactical things that, that we don't talk a whole lot about maybe hiring processes, building a team and 
and management and stuff. I think that would be, I think that'd be really, really valuable for a lot of people listening. So, um, thank you again for, for jumping on the show guys. If you do want to connect with Ruben, just know you can find him on both Instagram and Facebook. It's at Ruben Dreger. I'm going to have his name in the show notes. so You can go find it there. And just want to give a quick or let you all know very quickly that uh, we do have a free resource, free Facebook group available for you guys who want to get more access to some of the trainings that Ruben does on a weekly basis. The Facebook group is called Online Coaches Uprising. This is, once again, it's totally free. All the coaches within CCI are in there. I've got a few trainings in there. Ruben's in there. There's over 3,000, I think, group members now. So it's a great place to network and interact with other like-minded coaches. Great way to collab and and get to know other people. And so if you want to get access to that, make sure that you go over onto Facebook. Just search Online Coaches Uprising. I'll make sure I put the link in the show notes of the episode. But, uh, yeah, I mean, until next time. Uh, this is, this has been great chatting. Awesome. Thanks guys.